Good morning, everyone. Um, our first reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Amen. Our second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 1 to 13. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were enticed and led astray to idols that could not speak. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are a variety of services, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who activates all of them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are activated by the one same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as the Spirit chooses. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the Spirit we are all baptized unto one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I'm Nigel, I'm a member at Bloomsbury, and it's good to be with you on this Pentecost Sunday. Over the last few decades, the church has been encouraged to see the day of Pentecost as the birthday of the church. The initiation of, the, of its mission in word and deed, proclaiming Jesus is Lord. Initiatives such as Soul in the City, Thy Kingdom Come, The Big Birthday, all have pointed to this change in our view. But here in the book of Acts, Luke reminds us that the disciples 
gathered together to see the ascension of Jesus of Nazareth and to hear the promise of the Holy Spirit with the command to stay in the city. He then tells us that the 120 disciples were in lockdown. Yes, they were in lockdown together in one place, but not having to socially distance as they gathered in the temple to pray. But when the feast of Pentecost, or Shavuot, meaning weeks, arrived, things changed. In last week's sermon, Simon, from 1 Corinthians 15, reminded us that Paul used the term, the first fruits from among the dead. And Simon explained about the first harvest, the early harvest festival, Shavuot, Pentecost is this festival. Paul and Simon were referring to this. This is the one of the feasts that demanded an appearance at the temple. There was an expectation that the worshippers would travel to the temple, bringing with them an offering from their early grain harvest in the hope and expectation of God's promise to supply their needs. The outcome of this was that was to help feed the priests, facilitate worship, and acts of charity. After the fall of Jerusalem, the feast became a celebration of the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. Today, in the Jewish home, the festival is celebrated with flowers, wearing of white, eating cheesecake, and reading books. But for us, the church, this feast finds its disciples in the upper room, scared and insecure. Then with the supernatural phenomenon of the wind and tongues of fire, those gathered in that upper room were spurred on by God the Holy Spirit to venture into the streets and to communicate with all those in Jerusalem from around the diaspora and the empire. This was a profound experience for the disciples. Peter, Peter, in his speech, used the words of the prophet Joel, which reminded us that this is a blessing for all humans, of all ages, of all nations. Although this was still to be expanded in the, lives experience, in the life experience of the church, and still today we are learning the inclusivity of God, the Holy Spirit. Our second reading, written around 20 years later, sets us in the context of the Corinthian church. Paul had to write to them on major issues of faith and order. The church was ethnically and culturally diverse with a wide social economic grouping and had everyday issues to face of relationships, leadership, behavior, and how to be a church together. As we read the book, we can think that it is a script of a modern soap opera Sex, violence, hatred, division, and questions about the qualities of its leaders and their neighbors. And this was in the church among the Christians. Does that sound familiar? But not in Bloomsbury, of course. Paul wants the church in Corinth, Paul wants the church in Corinth, not the apostles or those in leadership, not to be ignorant of the spiritual gifts. In this church that is a poor reflection of our image of a good church that we might hold in our mind, Paul reminds the congregation 
that it is the Lordship of Jesus that defines the believer differently from the community around. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit. Within the passage, when Paul is describing the work of the Holy Spirit, he uses the words in Greek from which we derive our words energy, enthusiasm, power, and explosion. I can remember one church secretary complaining that I was too enthusiastic. I was in my 20s and a recently new pastor. Paul uses these terms to demonstrate the nature of the person and the work of the Holy Spirit as the indwelling one who encourages and enables individuals and the church community to work out the Lordship of Jesus among the believers and in its community. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are open to all in the church. The gifts that Paul mentioned are available to all as part of the nurturing work and person of the Holy Spirit. It was a reminder to me, fullness of the Spirit is never in question and never about the quality of the lives of the Corinthian church, but a question of their faith in Jesus. Paul reminds the Corinthian church that the gift was from God for them, but for the whole church and community, and that each member has to play their role so that in the body that is the church would grow and work together. There was a big challenge for this church as we remember their divisions and their exclusionary practices. And this is why Paul was writing to them and what Paul wanted to correct. Paul's list in the passage, acts of God going beyond the normal to reach out to all in his love and compassion so that they might know the Lordship of Jesus. Things like wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning, tongues and interpretation. They're all from one source, God, the Holy Spirit, for the benefit of all and an example to the community. I was reminded that we might have wisdom, but if we don't have the knowledge to use it, there could be a problem. Paul wants the Corinthian church to see the nature and nurture of God, the Holy Spirit, at work in the individually, collectively, and in the community because of their actions that proclaim and demonstrate the Lordship of Jesus, which he, we know was offensive and foolishness to the Jews, Greeks, and Romans. I recently watched the film based on the life of Lowry at Neeworm coming up, matchstalk men and matchstalk cats and dogs, if you're someone of my age. He observed the life in his working class community. One of the events he painted was the Whit Sunday March. This reminded me of the, of the photographs from a similar era from a site, never forget your Welsh, of the Whit Sunday parades in our working class communities. The churches would display their community and their community activities in a march through the village and towns energetically and powerfully displaying the work and support of the church within that community of believers and its physical community 
declaring in a physical form that Jesus is Lord over the lives and activities of that community. When the people of Israel brought their harvest gifts to Jerusalem, their tithes and their offerings, the whole community was blessed. Priests were fed and the widows and orphans were provided for. For us at Bloomsbury on this Pentecost Sunday, we are together separately. And what do we have that we can bring to use for the building up and the encouraging of each other? And what actively can we take part in that will demonstrate the Lordship of Jesus to our world? Thinking of our moment's silence, the situation in America, the situation in our country where people are flouting rules. As I close, it's not Pentecost for me, for me unless I hear the words of this chorus. Let's reflect that the Holy Spirit works in and on me to benefit the church and the word, world. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Thank you. So I'm now going to invite uh, our panellists to uh, join us again. Those who have contributed so far to the service are going to contribute now to our discussion time. And of course, you can do the same as well. You might not be able to put on a camera or a microphone, but you can use the chat function. And those of us who are here on your screens will make sure that we try and get through as many of those questions and thoughts as possible as well. I really love this. Um, the energy, enthusiasm, power, explosion, just that word explosion, um, I think as well as a, a, a quite a surprising addition to the end of those, of those words. And this idea of indwelling in individuals, churches and communities um, through that power of the Holy Spirit, that kind of, that explosive power, uh, the power to bring about change. So if I kick us off with a question first to our panelists and to those of you who have joined us as well, for the benefit of our community, how have we seen the Holy Spirit move, particularly during lockdown, during the last eight to 10 weeks? Dermot and Tim, you're off mute, so I'm gonna, I don't know if you had intended to be off mute, but. I think for me, one of the things I've been very struck by uh, uh, can you hear me? Can, look, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been very struck by is the appetite amongst us to continue to meet together, even in this format, which is a completely new way of meeting. And uh, yeah, the, 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 the hunger for connectedness and, and for fellowship and to worship together, that has uh, spoken to me very deeply, the fact that uh, that we find ourselves experiencing that. And I think that's part of the work of the Holy Spirit in our fellowship and in our lives. Uh, one thing anyway. And it's nice to see the different gifts that people have brought to uh, to the table. So um, 
that the multi voices, but also the help from different people doing different things, whether it's Susan setting up a tea party or Andrea running the service today or Luke leading us and people, different people doing prayers. And it's very nice. So I think it maybe mirrors the idea of the, uh, the Jews in the first days bringing the first of their harvest to Jerusalem to share amongst everyone. Maybe we need to bring our gifts to share amongst us, bring our contribution. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, there's so much. Yeah, I really like the pairing of both the kind of the passages from um, uh, Corinthians, but also the, the the giving of the first gift of the Holy Spirit um, on Pentecost and this idea that currently now we're in such strange times, but we're still seeing gifts. We're still what was alluded to at the beginning of the, the sermon that we're still there is still a harvest to be kind of reaped. Um, and that's really powerful. And it's been a real pre uh, privilege and pleasure for me to, to be part of that process. Susan, Fifi, any thoughts on where you might have seen or encountered the Holy Spirit working in lockdown? Um, just in community, like uh, the other day I um, actually walked in on my mother's uh, church meeting and just so many people like all enthusiastic and then people I know at other churches and they're also like trying to reach out to people and make sure people can still be connected and just you know almost every faith group or community across the country or this continent or you know worldwide is trying to do something and just that people do have empathy and they do yeah they are trying and I think it is really nice to see Thank you. Fifi, you flicked off your mute, so did you want to share? Um, yeah, I was just really struck by um, the word explosive, and I was thinking about it, and I was thinking that we are able to share our gifts now, but at a kind of like muted way. But I'm just thinking about when the world kind of opens up again and we are able to explode with all of the gifts and all of the ideas and all of the wanting to reach out to people that we are unable to do now I feel like this kind of pent-up energy that sometimes we can feel when we are stuck inside we can use to like burst out and make change um, when this is all over uh, Fifi, I think that's absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And one of the things that I, I was struck me again as, as Nigel spoke to us in our sermon, that the, the disciples were scared and in lockdown. And when the Holy Spirit came, they were emboldened to speak. They were freed to speak and uh, to find their voice, as it were. And I find myself wondering in this season of lockdown, what voices will we find as a fellowship? Uh, when things open up again and then I found myself thinking well what will those voices say and also what language will they use because people heard in their own language and I just have been using about the language that we use for different groups of people and uh, I, I wonder if there's stuff to chew on in there just the, the language that we use uh, and, and what would we say yeah, there's definitely something in like inclusivity there in the way that they spoke with 
in all of the languages and that um, when we are reaching out to people, we are making sure that we're speaking to them in ways that they can understand. I was um, going to include a picture from the cold drops um, and it says, if all languages were created equal, then I'd be a you'd be a friend to me now. And it's talking about sign language and it's quite a, a thought provoking sort of uh, poster, it's huge. So it doesn't quite fit on one screen. So it was a bit difficult to, to, to photograph, to fit on a screen. And that was, that's been worrying me for a couple of weeks. What am I doing to explain the gospel in a way that people who can't hear can understand? And uh, a, nice, a nice thing yesterday, I was talking to Hilary Taylor, who is the small churches uh, worker for LBA. And she was saying that some of the small churches have had bigger congregations over this lockdown period. Mm. I mean, if you do figure out a way to capture that photo, I'm sure Libby will be delighted to share it when she sends out the news not from the pews each uh, in, her, in the regular interval. So if you can figure out a way to share it, then I'm sure plenty of folk would love to see that. Um, just um, looking at the comments, Jeff shared that he has appreciated reading both the text of the sermon, often, I think all the time actually, Simon puts up um, his sermon um, as a blog on his own blog site. Um, and he's appreciated both being able to read along, um, but also to share it with other people, which I think is really um, shares in the spirit of, of Pentecost um, and, and that, that communicating in different ways. Um, he also asked if anyone else likes hearing both voice and text. So if that applies to you, then you can add into the comments. Um, and Nigel has commented, um, other Nigel, um, picking up on what Dermot just said. It seems to me that the spirit is easier to hear uh, when he is not crowded out by daily life, the daily grind of us going to and from work, etc. Because most of us have more time now. I am working but not traveling and I'm not going out. It seems that the still small voice is there in the silence and not in the earthquake. Thank you, Nigel, for that reflection there. Yeah, I think. Uh, sorry. Go, Susan. Uh, just on the having voice and text, like I just want to say, like that definitely sometimes applies to me. Sometimes, if I am not doing well uh, health-wise, well, mental health-wise, I like I find sensory processing really hard and like. You know, I always watch with subtitles and yeah, and I think it's, yeah, a lot of people do have that and it does make, it has kind of made things easier for a lot of people. Thank you. And yeah, finding, it's finding, it goes again a little bit back to what Nigel was saying about, you know, thinking about how we communicate to people and who we're missing out when we're not thinking about all those different ways that we can communicate. And when the Holy Spirit came on that first Pentecost, everyone could understand. Um, and what does that mean for us now as a, as a church in the 21st century? What does it mean so that everyone can understand that the love of God is for them? Just thinking, um, we've probably got time for a few more minutes of reflection and discussion. What does it look like? I mean, for Bloomsbury, we've been going through the, for the last couple of years now, a process of discerning what our role and what our place in the heart of London is. And we've gone through this vision process and we've now got to a point where we have a vision statement and some values that we can kind of hold up and say, this is what we believe in and believe what God has called us to do here. Um, so thinking about this explosive uh, release 
that Fifi was describing as we burst out of lockdown into kind of, I'm imagining glorious sunshine and birds singing in a kind of musical situation. What does it look like then for us? How do we continue building community and impacting change um, when, we, when we go back to some semblance of normality? I wonder if anyone has any thoughts on what continuing to bring about positive impact and bringing the gospel to people might look like. Simply, we could just record and sort of transmit the services so that the people can still join in because people who are not here, who can't be there, can still receive them. That's something really simple we can do. Yeah. I was, this is just from the sermon really this morning. I was really struck that everybody was expected to go up to Jerusalem at, at this festival. So your kind of a, your attendance was was required, um, which I know that that's the opposite of how we feel in London with you know eight million people and there's just sort of fifty of us. But um, but also that everybody that came was expected to bring something, but it was something very ordinary, you know, maybe the radishes or whatever it is that the the harvest was that week, um, and that we all have something to bring, and that everybody that we kind of exclude has actually has something to bring and to give and. Um, and all of us should come with, you know, our bunch of radishes or, or whatever it is, our gifts to contribute to the community. Thank you. It's going to be a very bizarre first Sunday back when everyone rocks up with bunches of radishes. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. What are, what are the, what are, you know, even the things that we think are, are small or not worth anything actually probably bring value to our community. And how can we encourage people to do that? Absolutely. All jokes aside, I completely agree. Frank, Any closing thoughts? Frank normally rocks up with his spare fruit, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> He's with us this morning. So Frank, we're, we're, we're awaiting your harvest, going back to that harvest theme as well. Love it. Any other closing thoughts from the panellists or any comments to share in the chat? Get excited about this explosion of God's love and Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Well, that seems like an, uh, a very succinct way to end our discussion time. So thank you. Um, thank you for your contributions. And obviously we'll keep chatting after the service as well. So if you have any further thoughts, you can share them in the chat function. We now have what I think might be a Bloomsbury first, um, a musical contribution that I, I believe Helen has coordinated, but it's a multi-voiced musical contribution that has been, I think, mixed together um, so that on this Sunday of Pentecost, when we're sharing in a multi-voiced way, we have a multi-voiced choir recorded in different locations around London and potentially outside of London as well. So uh, enjoy that for the next few minutes.
continue to be blessed by the gifts of our congregation even when we are able to gather together so thank you for all the time energy and effort that went into creating that for this Sunday and Tim and Dermot are now going to lead us in our prayers of intercession on this Sunday we remember the coming of the Holy Spirit as Jesus promised we remember the Spirit whose fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Some call Pentecost the birth of the church. And 2000 years later, we still gather as followers of Jesus. And so we pray. Lord God, we pray for our world, for every nation, every people group, everything that has breath and life. We pray for the liberation of the earth from its bondage to decay, to abuse, to exploitation and disregard. We continue to hold before you all those affected by COVID-19, people who are ill or afraid of becoming ill, people who are isolated, those who have lost loved ones, and those who have cared for the ill, and those who have watched people die, people who are drained by their caring. We pray that your presence, Holy Spirit, would be real and healing and nourishing to all. We pray and lift to you as we see again the unveiling of racial tensions in America and elsewhere. Tensions and dynamics which stand in stark opposition to your kingdom. Lord, we cry out, let your kingdom come and ask that you bring healing to the nations and all peoples. We remember schools and nurseries as they consider opening again. We pray for teachers, governors and parents as they consider what is safe and best for the children in their care. Give them wisdom and calm heads as they work out their new ways of working and consider how to protect the children. In this time of changed behaviours globally with new opportunities to learn, reflect and ponder, we pray ever creative spirit May your presence be found in new places, new ways, new ideas, new thoughts, new behaviours in the world. And may the fruit of your presence be evidenced nationally and internationally. 
Lord, we pray for our fellowship in Bloomsbury and the wider church throughout the world. We welcome you and the new things you want to reveal to us in these changed times. Let us not be afraid of you. As we learn to trust you, help us to trust you more. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for interceding for us with groanings too deep for words, for holding us when we struggle to pray. You gift each one of us in unique ways for the good of all. Gifts of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretations, all produced by you, Holy Spirit, gifted to each of us just as you decide. May we be open to the promptings of you and may the church and our fellowship be a gift to the world, an expression of your kingdom. Ever creative spirit, may your presence be found in new places, new ways, new ideas, new thoughts and new behaviours in our fellowship. And may the fruit of your presence be evidenced in our corporate life and relationships. And finally, we pray for each other and ourselves. Thank you that you, Lord, are for us. You remember us and our frailty. Holy Spirit, may you reveal more of Jesus to us, in us and through us. May you lead us into all truth and may you comfort our hearts, especially where we find ourselves troubled, anxious, isolated or afraid. May we experience your presence, your companionship, your love and kindness, your reality as a balm for our restless lives. Ever creative spirit, may your presence be found in new places, new ways, new ideas, new thoughts and new behaviours in our lives. And may the fruit of your presence be our lived experience in each of our lives and circumstances. And may we be expectant of your working in our lives, in our fellowship, and in our world. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.